a part of our heritage. For many of us, those five words are loaded, conjuring up a whole host of memories around the Heritage Minutes aired on TV throughout the 90s and 2000s. Some of us have fond memories of genuinely learning about Canadian history, while others simply remember the catchphrases. But either way, most of us have some form of attachment to these beloved commercials. With a name like Heritage Minutes, it isn't hard to notice the history present in these mini-films, but that's not going to stop us from taking a deeper dive into their history today. Notice History, the podcast where we uncover the history all around us. We're your hosts, Robin Mullins and Keely McCabot. And Nick Bridges is once again absent. Uh, but instead, we have the pleasure of having another No History staff member with us who is an expert on today's topic. We would like to welcome Alice Blaze. Thank you for having me. I uh, am not an expert, but I am an amateur enthusiast of this topic, I would say. (laughs) My heart is an expert. That's enough. That's enough for us. All right. So, I mean, I can't imagine a person who wouldn't be familiar with the Heritage Minutes, but let's pretend for a moment that people out there don't know what these are. Can you maybe give us a background, Alice? Sure. Um, They are... 60-second bilingual short films that tell the stories of people and events in Canadian history. There are more than 80 episodes so far, which is pretty surprising, I think. If you asked me how many there were and I hadn't just checked the website, I would say, you know, maybe 40 to 50, but um, there are quite a few. And they are produced by Historica Canada, which is a not-for-profit organization. Um, Historica Canada also produces the Canadian Encyclopedia. They're involved in different ways in Canadian heritage. And the minutes are funded by Canada Post, the Canadian government, and other funding bodies. So the Heritage Minutes um, all started back in 1988, officially. And Shout out to the year I was born. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> And uh, there were three that were released, um, Valor Road, Underground Railroad, and Jacques Plante, uh, and they were given to focus groups to look over. And they were then produced in kind of sets. So the first series of 13 were released in 1991, and those are some of the classics. You can really tell the quality has gone up significantly since these first ones. Um, And then there were five sets in total that were produced between 1991 and 2000. And they were televised on CBC in English and Radio Canada in French. And the CRB Foundation partnered with the National Film Board of Canada to produce some of them. So the Wilder Penfield one, which is arguably the most famous one, Dr. Penfield, I Smell Burnt Toast. Uh, The Rural Teacher one where uh, someone says, both of you know, I cannot read a word, which is one of my favorites. And there is a onesie that has that on it that you can buy from Historica. And I am all about that and will buy it for anyone <laughs> between the ages of zero to three months. Oh, that, that I know. That's, that's as big as it comes. I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to order one today. <laughs> what are we doing here? Quick. 
they're not adult onesies, I guess I should have specified they are for infants. But they're beautiful. They're funny because babies can't read. It's so funny. Um, Such highs and lows in the last 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And also the Inukshuk one, uh, the Now the People Will Know We Were Here one, uh, was also produced in part with the uh, NFB. Yeah, and I remember all three of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're quite iconic. Yes. They're... Um, I definitely prefer them to the ones that are simply spliced from movies that were produced, like the one about the Avro Arrow starring Dan Aykroyd, or the one about, um, oh, what's his name, with Pierce Brosnan, and it's the Englishman who pretends to be an indigenous person. Grayowl? Grayowl. Grayowl. Yep. That one is a terrible minute. It's not a good minute, guys. <laughs> Just mm. skip to the minute. <laughs> On to the next one. Yeah. You can tell they were really leaning into like the, the aspect of the criteria that was they had to be cheaply made at that point in time. Yes. <laughs> really leaning on that pillar. It was yeah. a precursor to like a YouTube mashup, like a fan video of the movie. And then they were like, but we'll brand it as a heritage. I yeah. just love Pierce Cross. <laughs> it was basically a trailer without acknowledging that it came from the movie. <laughs> I haven't seen those ones. Don't. <laughs> and I will keep it that way. <laughs> I say this as a fan. Yeah. Don't do it. Many Canadians of a certain age, mainly in their 20s and 30s, are really familiar with Heritage Minutes and see them as kind of a cheesy cultural touchstone. I think a lot of us look at them with a mixture of eye-roll derision and warm nostalgia. Is that... Yeah, yeah. I think that's accurate. <laughs> Keely, are you a huge fan? I am a fan. I wouldn't say that I've, like, dabbled, um, but I've passively enjoyed, certainly. Um, I like the one about Winnie the Pooh, the guy who names Winnie the Pooh, because some of them really seem like they're pulling teeth out of greater historic, like, international historical tales, and they're like, this is the part where a Canadian did a thing. Although in that one, it is pretty heavily influenced. The soldier who had the bear. They named Winnie the Pooh after Winnipeg. Yeah. As I recall, the yes. Heritage Minute. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. Okay. Go on. Is this right? <laughs> you can test it on this. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a really interesting point that you make because some of them seem more tenuously linked to Canadian history than others. I definitely have to say there are some uh, Heritage Minutes that I'm less enthusiastic about or would defend less um, uh, avidly, like the one about multiplex theaters. That was a Canadian invention, and I kind of go, yeah? And? (laughs) Yeah. So that one was like, wow, the idea that you could have two theaters running different movies at the same time. I'm so proud to be Canadian. Or the one, uh, what's another one that's like not that great? There's one about, well, there's one about the Stratford Theater, which is genuinely a a good, people are going to now send in hate mail, I think, because I mentioned (laughs) Stratford Heritage. I like Stratford. It's a beautiful place. We all like Stratford here. We are, we are fans of Stratford. Yes. And like the, the Stratford Theater, uh, culture is very important, but the entire minute is about like a leaky ceiling and like the fact that the train goes by at the wrong time and then I think at the end I don't know I haven't seen it in a while but I think at the end they're like they changed the train times no they must have changed the theater times to like not have the horn blow at the right time you're like wow slow clap (laughs) and a part of our heritage it is the obvious solution to that problem isn't it (laughs) let's just Change the start time. (laughs) But I will say that there are ones that really just get my... Like, I'm not that uh, ardent a patriot 
uh, to, like in general, but there are ones that just make me shed a single tear of like Canadian pride. <laughs> so they do get me. Which which ones come to mind? Um, the Halifax explosion oh, yeah. uh, really just like makes me feel all all the feels. Um, the one about the railroad called Nitro, about the Chinese Canadian workers, right? Um, where they like they say that one man died on, for each mile of track, and like I can't get through that minute without bawling. <laughs> and uh, and the uh, the Underground Railroad is another like classic. It was one of the first ones, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, there's some really good ones in there. Not just catchy phrases. Not just more than a catchy phrase. Yeah, a part of our heritage. <laughs> So now that we've described what heritage units are, we can dive into the history and their origins. The idea started with Charles Bronfman, a businessman and philanthropist from Montreal and founder of the CRB Foundation, which is one of the founding groups of Historica Canada. In 1986, a national poll determined that less than 50% of Canadians knew the country's first prime minister, and almost 25 could not name a Canadian event or achievement that they were proud of. That makes me kind of sad. Yeah. Pretty sad. Yeah. That yeah. like 25% couldn't even name one event. Like now we can think of like basketball or the uh, Halifax explosion or something else from the minute. So that proves right there that they've been effective. That was the idea that a Canadian public service announcement would be born and brought to television and help educate people and make people feel pride and interest in their heritage, which... We can all be thankful for, I think, whether or not, like you said, you're feeling particularly patriotic. It's also just very enjoyable to watch. They're very interesting. So thank you, Charles Bronfman. The Minutes also originally aired in Cineplex theaters before feature films. Which kind of explains why they have that cinematic quality to them, right? I remember as a kid when I would watch them on TV, always being a little mystified as to why they felt so cinematic, so film-like, so trailer-like when it was just a short little clip. But knowing that their origin was in the kind of like trailer section of the movie theater makes a lot more sense because they wanted it to match that scale. I don't know. I like that they kept it. Yeah. It's nice. feels big. It does. For like a small little like snippet of history, it feels like a big production every time. Did you guys ever see a movie where they were at the beginning? I've, I've never experienced that myself. I think that would blow my mind if they started doing that again. I would love that. It's like, get out of the way, Mission Impossible 15 or whatever. I just want to see Laura Secord running up that hill. Full blown. <laughs> they should do that for like an anniversary of the Heritage Minutes. They should bring them back into theaters mm-hmm. as previews. That would be amazing. I would just go to a theater that would just play them all even. If there was an evening where would just play them for an evening with popcorn, that would be a lot of fun. That would be great. And you can, I know for a fact, because I own it, you can get them on DVD. You can get the first 60 on DVD. With so many different snippets of Canadian history to work with, there are some criteria that are applied to the Heritage Minutes. They need to intrigue us in Canadian history. Another one of the criteria is to be producible within resources, which is a very nice way of saying to be made cheaply. They need to be truthful within the bounds of dramatic license, and they need to reflect and celebrate Canadian social and cultural values. And these were specifically named uh, that the Canadian social and cultural values that they were going to celebrate would be tolerance, fairness, courage, tenacity, resourcefulness, and inventiveness. Or, as I like to think of them, the Sam Steele Heritage Minute, plus the Laura Secord Heritage Minute, plus the Invention of Basketball Heritage Minute. 
The trifecta. Yes. (laughs) They also have to reveal origins. The minutes also are supposed to surprise, provoke reflection and re-examination, as well as raise questions. It's interesting to note that this list of things that the heritage minutes need to do doesn't actually discuss patriotism or promoting Canada, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I think it's very Canadian that a list of things that it's supposed to promote doesn't uh, include promoting Canada. Like, we're, we're a modest people, or at least we'd like people to think that we're a modest people. Mm. So, yeah. So we've talked a lot about how we all have memories associated with the Heritage Minutes. Well, the three of us at least do, and probably many of you listeners also have some memories associated with it. And if you don't, you should go and watch them and create some memories to come. But it's interesting because this idea of memory is really a big part of nation building and a big part of why they work so well and why they were created in the first place. Collective memory is a construction that can be really useful for governments as well as other organizations. And I think it's telling that this continues to be, they continue to make more heritage minutes throughout time because they're always trying to like add more things to who we are and how we see ourselves. And I, I think it's really, yeah, interesting. It's like an identifier that we can kind of carry around with ourselves and Something to have in common with people you've never met before probably will never meet in the country that you live in. Another thing that they kind of construct as part of a collective memory is this idea that all these people that you're seeing kind of from their point of view, these moments in Canadian history, they're ordinary people just like you or I. And it helps kind of encourage, you could argue it helps encourage the the citizenship, the populace to then feel a lot of ownership for Canada and Canada's history and be like, I can make a change. I can be a part of this story as well. And it really shows a personal side in some cases to these historical figures that otherwise maybe you just read about without anything kind of being animated. So it's the power of narrative and film kind of being applied to that. Yeah, I think um, that's true for one of my favorite heritage minutes, which is the Saudis, which takes place um, on the prairies. I'm just going to guess in my heart that it was Saskatchewan because that's where I'm from. But it has these two Eastern European settlers who build this house out of sod and uh, and it shows them in their like tribulations. She's very pregnant and hauling pieces of earth up to the head. And at one point she says like, uh, oh, the, the husband says, you know, the McLarens have tar paper on their huts. And she's like, someday we will have tar paper. And I love that because it's just kind of ordinary people trying to get it done, trying to like build their house. And when I uh, bought my house last year, it was did not look that pretty. It's pretty small. It's not made of sod. So I've, it, I was like, you know what? Someday we will have tar paper. <laughs> I could feel the echoes of that, that feeling of like, you know, I'm going to work hard on this. I'm going to try. And so you do see a bit of that, these like everyday Canadians from the past and you can connect with them. And it's a wonderful feeling. And it's a lot of the unity building that is at the heart of these heritage minutes, whether it's by showing ordinary people or including a lot of different diverse backgrounds and diverse experiences trying to portray all of these different experiences and these different parts of what it means to quote be Canadian at the end it says a part of our heritage and I think that whole sentence a part of our heritage it's bringing us into that it's saying this is part of your heritage no matter how long you've been here in Canada if you're here this is part of who you are this is part of your history and it really is being inclusive and trying to build 
that memory that we can all share that even if my relatives haven't been here for decades and centuries, it still can be part of my story. It can be part of my memory of Canada. I've, I can now become imbued into this whole narrative. So listeners may not be aware, but Heritage Minutes are still going on today. There was a 2005 partnership with Patrick Watson, Creative Director of Historica Canada, to make eight military-themed Heritage Minutes. And then in 2013, when the CRB Foundation and Historica Dominion Institute came together to form Historica Canada, as it now is called, a new generation of Heritage Minutes were produced, starting with two on the War of 1812 to commemorate the anniversary of the war. And there are some more that were released this year. There was one on Lucy Maud Montgomery, um, and there was one on the Kensington Market in Toronto. And just this month, just mere maybe a week ago, I'm not actually sure, there was one that was released for Pride on Jim Egan. So that was very exciting. I'm now at the point in my friend group that enough people know that I like Heritage Minutes that I don't even have to look for them. Multiple people just post them to my Facebook profile. <laughs> And so that's how I found out about the newest one. I was very happy. It's perfect. It sounds like you've got the perfect setup. I'm really living the dream. Some of these new Heritage Minutes dovetail really well with other heritage or national efforts, such as the Viola Davis Heritage Minute, which was released in February 2016 for Black History Month. It really brought her into the public consciousness, and now she's going to be featured on the Vertical $10 bill that's coming out. Yeah, hashtag Vertical 10 and so there was also one in 2014 that was about the Winnipeg Falcons, which was a hockey team, and they stayed together through the First World War, and they went on to win the gold medal for Canada in the 1920 Olympics. And this one is pretty cool because it's narrated by George Strombolopoulos. Fun fact about this one, it's actually the first Heritage Minute uh, segment to extend longer than one minute. I don't know how long it is, but it's a minute plus. Maybe they'll have a, a special kind of heritage minute and it'll be called minute plus and it'll be like an exclusive group of them i like interesting yeah i like that we've finally gotten to the point where there is enough in a canadian history minute that they're like oh we we can we can make this longer part of these new heritage minutes they're making is an effort to try to make them you know more, more appealing to the younger generation more hip if you will uh they've Created a new, I don't even know, would you call it a minute, Alice? It's not, it's a mashup of uh, Heritage Minutes to, I don't know, the Drake song. So it's the started from started the from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah, it started from the bottom. That's right, yes. yes. I was going to say Hotline Bling, and I was like, it's not Hotline Bling. <laughs> that would be amazing, but I don't think any, because they're using clips from Heritage Minutes, and no Heritage Minute says the word bling. They would have to splice it from someone saying something with the word B in it and something saying with ling in it. Wait, wait, wait. So I haven't seen this. Is it taking the words of people in Heritage Minutes and then making them sing the yes. song? That's yes. incredible. It's amazing. And it's yes. on YouTube and I feel it should be in the show notes. It will be in the show notes. It will be. And one of the things I like about it that I actually, if I'm being honest, had to Google to get the reference, but... Drake's record label is Ovo Records. Yes. And so it's called Apart Ovo Heritage. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this, interestingly, and again, the people at Historica Canada have my pride and admiration for, for eternity. It, it took them apparently four weeks of effort to isolate the lyrics within the scripts and making the 130 edits before they could launch the video. So a lot of effort went into putting this together. And I just think we should all watch it. 
show them our appreciation for all the efforts that they put into it. This mighty gift. It's wonderful. So that will be on the website. So if you haven't already checked it out, you can Google it. It's on YouTube. But uh, if you'd rather have a quicker link, you can just go on to our website, nohistory.ca slash podcast, and we'll have the link set up there. Another way that Heritage Minutes are starting to engage more strongly with a younger audience are by approaching more challenging issues and also incorporating a lot more diversity than previously. It's not amazing, but it's a lot better than before. Typically, the Heritage Minutes that have been produced are about white males, overwhelmingly so. (laughs) That's starting to change with some of the newer ones that have been coming out, but overwhelmingly white heroes in Heritage Minutes vastly outnumber any other group, as well as males taking the lead as far as the stars of each one. But they are trying to approach this issue and change things, which is good. And to be fair, like... lack of diversity in Canadian history isn't exactly a new issue. Um, It's been going on for a long time in many spheres, in many areas. So it's it's not as though they have been the only guilty parties of not being as diverse as they could be uh, and not having as good of a representation of race and gender. However, it is very heartening that they are on the bandwagon of people trying to make it better and trying to be more inclusive. So that is something to be very excited about. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a cool way to kind of show how history is changing, or at least the perception of what history is, that there are multiple histories for different groups of people, different stories being told, as opposed to one sort of canonical tale. So it's not all just privileged white guys. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, I think even even at the beginning, um, I think they were trying to show some diversity, but they didn't have a great sense of what that meant. Mm-hmm. And so they were trying to have some, like feature some uh, minutes with women as the lead, which was big in 1987. And, and one of the original three was Underground Railroad, as you mm-hmm. said earlier. So it, from the out, like from the outset, they really did want to be inclusive. It's just they haven't necessarily been able to follow through as much as they may have wanted to. Yeah. And I think one of the first ones as well, at least in the, um, in, maybe in the first batch, was um, there were at least some Indigenous-focused minutes, but they, uh, they have been focusing on that more, which has been really good, and also focusing on um, new Canadians and immigration coming from Africa and Asia, which is really important to see that be a part of our heritage, to see that kind of be labeled as equal, equally a part of our heritage as these minutes that focus on white male political stuff in Ontario in the 19th century. Yeah, the residential school one, that one, when I saw it, it's in a group of newer ones that look very different. Mm-hmm. from older heritage minutes and I was very impressed that they included that. Yeah, it is uh it's really difficult to watch, which I think it, anything about residential school system should be. Um it is quite dark, but it's also not the first time that the heritage minutes have tackled a difficult topic. I remember myself and other people growing up being really afraid of the Louis Riel one because he's hanged at the end of it. It's a serious movie, like it's a serious minute. They're taking on something that was not uh, an easy part of our our heritage and looking at it and trying to explain it. And I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. And it's so challenging also to try to 
accomplish a fulsome telling of these very challenging histories in under a minute, Mm -hmm. especially because they've only just surpassed the minute in 2013. So up until now, trying to tell a story about the hanging of Louis Riel or about residential schools and, and treaties, all of these are really big histories to unpack and try to share the nuances and the difficulties of them in under a minute, that's that's a tall order. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably why they do focus so much on the kind of social history or the personal ordinary people, because it's difficult to really drill down to something like a, you have to have some minutes on the major historical events, but you in a minute you have to explain who was Louis Riel, why was he hanged, what was going on, what did he believe, what did people believe about him. Um, And so I think that might be why a lot of minutes are like, look, we're going to tell this story through the eyes of an ordinary person. And then the narrator at the end, classic narrator, is going to be like, hey, context, this happened to a lot of other people. And so I think that is why um, that's the format for a lot of minutes. And it works really well because you can get that personal connection feeling and you can also get the context of like, oh, this is part of a broader narrative. Mm, I think that's a really good point. I know with the Louis Riel one, people didn't like it being on TV because it was scary for children and things like that. And maybe one could argue that if you only have a minute, like you said, Robin, how could you possibly do these stories any justice because they're so complex? But I think the importance of things like Heritage Minutes that you know have proven to create a collective memory and become cultural touchstones, it's better that they try. And they're very impactful, like you said, with like first person. I think they're effective in a lot of ways. They're not perfect, but at least they're trying. Yeah. I have to, um, at some point, and I think this is the moment, talk about the controversial banned Heritage Minute mm. when things went too far. Let's do it. Let's dive in. <laughs> Take so us there. I heard about this at a conference, um, and someone who was involved with the Heritage Minutes at the time said that there was this minute, and I think you can find it on YouTube now again, um, is the Canadian Peacekeepers one. They eventually made another Canadian Peacekeepers one to replace this one because it was taken off air and is not available on my DVD. It takes place in Cyprus, and it's about kind of the the Greek-Turkish conflict and Canadian peacekeeping there. And as the guy who told this story at the conference tells it, he said, you know, we had a minute to explain the conflict in Cyprus, so we went to stereotypes, and we have the Turkish guy. It's like a dusty Cyprus street, and there's a Turkish guy, and he's wearing a fez, so you know that he's Turkish, and there's a Greek guy who talks with his hands, so you know that he's Greek. It was the 90s. I don't know. They had to have some kind of uh, easy system to identify people, but they they get into this fight, like, you killed my brother, and then this Canadian peacekeeper comes up between them, and they're like, Something that's like, what's it to you, Canada boy? And he's like, it's not about Canada. It's about keeping the peace. Part of our heritage. And it was amazing. And it was uh, taken off the air because they, uh, the, the guy, I think he was the director of that movie or the writer or something. And so his boss called him and was like, you know, we're, we're pulling this, the peacekeepers. And he was like, what? Like, really? And he was like, yeah, the Turkish ambassador complained. And we just, we have to do it. And the guy was like, you know, I don't understand. We polled Greek Canadians. We polled Turkish Canadians. It's totally even-handed. They said it was very equal. And apparently the boss had said that to the Turkish ambassador. And he said, exactly, the Turks should have the upper hand in Cyprus. And so 
for that reason, it felt it was just a bit too hot politically, and they uh, took it off the air and replaced it with one about Canadian peacekeeping in Africa, which is fine. It's just, it's not the, like, cheesy, over-the-top heritage minute that I love. It's, like, an accurate portrayal, (laughs) Um, which is fine, I guess. But uh, that one, I'm glad to see it back on YouTube. I think it is important to note that that the directors of the various Heritage Minutes are are cognizant of the fact that it is only part of a larger dialogue that they're trying to convey here. You know, they have to lean on these stereotypes of people or stereotypes of situations or, or not be able to give as much context as they would like. But Shane Belcourt, who is the director of the, the Minutes on the Residential Schools and Treaties, he actually said in an interview that, um, quote, we had so much to say about the issues, but only one minute. My hope is these minutes lend themselves to a larger dialogue. And I think that's really a good summary of kind of the aim of all of the Heritage Minutes, right? They, a lot of them, and certainly a lot of the newer ones, are trying to bring to light these darker or just more complicated aspects of Canadian history because it's important and it's an important dialogue to have, but there's only so much that they can accomplish. And so being aware of their limitations, but still trying to provoke um, that re-examination, that, that questioning that is part of their mandate, I think is really admirable that they're trying to do it, but also, you know, it, this is going to be challenging. Yeah, and I think uh, they really, the, the part about the minutes being part of a wider dialogue, I think is really important. And you can see that in some of the timing of the release of the minutes. Obviously, the one for Pride was released, or about um, gay activist Jim Egan was released for Pride Month. Um, but there were also ones like the minute about the Vietnamese boat people was released, I believe, a year or so ago at the height of the Syrian refugee um, movement, people coming in uh, to Canada. And so people were talking about refugees, what it was like to be a refugee. And this minute reminded us, oh, yes, this, is a, this has been a part of our heritage. These, like, there, there have been these waves of people. This is nothing new. And it was a really important moment in conversations of like oh yes this is part of who we are as canadians we welcome we are a place that where people can come to safely so that was really important i think they really take on like a guiding type of role in trying to direct our collective memory as a nation even if not everyone sees these anymore because they're generally online But even if they're not as widely released as they may have been in the 90s and the 2000s, people are still seeing them and they are still trying to get out a message that is showing how our history as Canadians should affect or should inform the way that we view current events and the way that we can interpret them through this lens. And I I think that's an interesting role. I think it can have pros and it can also have cons. And obviously, all things are biased. um, But... It certainly seems interesting that they're at least trying to contribute to a conversation that already is happening and help to navigate it and help to give us other things that we can look to from our past to help us interpret the present. Whether or not we interpret it how they want us to is, you know, subjective. Yeah. So we've talked about so many Heritage Minutes. Um, Alice, you've told us a lot about the ones that have moved you in different ways, either to tears, to excitement, to to joy, to uh, apathy in some cases, I guess, you seem to be really invested. And I know this not only because of our conversation today, but also because of the rumors that have circulated (laughs) and swirled around the office related to a costume that you once made for Halloween. 
Yeah, well, I can lay the rumors to rest. Um, I did once dress as Captain Heritage Minutes at a Halloween party. It remains one of my favorite all-time Halloween costumes. So as I said before, I do own the DVDs. I don't remember when the DVD was released, but it had all the Heritage Minutes to date at that point. And I used that and watched it many times in order to capture what I felt was one catchphrase or sentence from each of the then 60 Heritage Minutes. Uh, and I wrote, though I got a big piece of fabric uh, that I turned into a red cape, and in permanent marker I wrote a line from each Heritage Minute on the cape. I do have a picture of the cape. I do. I no longer have the cape. In my nomadic life, I at some point got rid of it, which is Aww. too bad. But it lives on and can be recreated if necessary, I guess. But uh, I think it's necessary. Okay. Next Halloween at the No History office, I expect. <laughs> Watch out for Captain Heritage Minutes. Heritage Minutes are cultural touchstones, and I think it goes without much contestation that most Canadians know about them. And maybe if you didn't before and you're listening to this now, now you do as well. They've played a really important role in forming a collective identity and addressing issues around Canadians kind of having a lack of interest or a lack of enthusiasm about their own history. So they're kind of a result of that symptom and arguably have made things better. Watched by 10 million Canadians annually, though they are far from perfect, Heritage Minutes continue to grow and change and address the issues that are important to Canadians today. They continue to illustrate our collective memory and our heritage and are a reflection of our nation. Celebrating the tenets of what it means to be Canadian, arguably tolerance, fairness, courage, tenacity, resourcefulness, and inventiveness, these short films are a huge part of our culture. And our heritage. And our heritage. A part of our heritage. They may have changed, but they're still just as lovely and corny as they were at the beginning. Notice History is a No History podcast. We are produced by Emily Cuggy and myself, Robin Mullins. This week's researchers were Alice Glaze, in case you couldn't tell, along with Kirsty Walker and Anna Koontz, with audio mixing by Emily Cuggy. For more information about the topics we covered, check out our blog at nohistory.ca slash podcast. If you like this show, tell your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can always reach us by email at podcast at nohistory.ca or on social media at Notice History. 